Lord, we know that we are living right now in unprecedented times. We've never gone through something like this before, at least not in our generation. And Lord, we know right now that our world is just in a place of upheaval because of this pandemic that has swept across the globe. And God, we come to you today and we do want to cry out to you for mercy, that your mercy would be just poured out upon our world. God, we pray that you would give guidance to those scientists and researchers who are desperately seeking for a vaccine, a cure for this uh, COVID-19 virus. We pray for government leaders. We pray, Lord, for President Trump and Vice President Pence, and we pray for all the government leaders. I pray, God, that you would bring unity right now to our nation in our government, and also just across the land, that we would be a people right now who, more than anything else, are turning our hearts toward you. Because, Lord, we know that in you, really, hold you hold our, our very life and breath in your hands. And God, I pray today that as this, uh, we spend this time in your word, that you would use it to encourage us, to challenge us, to, to maybe even change our perspective a little bit. Lord, I thank you so much for our church family. And I know some of them are, 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 all of them are just, it's a struggle. It's a trial. And some of them are, it's even worse. Some, for those who have lost their jobs already, God, we pray um, just that they would press into you. We pray for your grace to be upon them. Lord, our hearts go out to them. Lord, right now, I just pray that we could, in these next 30 minutes, just take our, our minds off of everything that's going on in the world, and we would focus our heart and attention right now upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. So church, how you doing right now in the midst of all of this? It's been about 11 days since this stay-at-home order came, uh, was put forth here in the state of California. And how many of you right now are going crazy uh, in your homes? How many of you right now just feel stuck? How many of you right now is your, your home uh, resembling an insane asylum? Well, hang in there, church. This is going to pass. I promise you that it will. That this is going to pass, and we're praying that, that it's, it, it happens sooner than later. You know, this isn't our first crisis to go through, and it will not be our last. But I will say, this is unprecedented. We, we haven't gone through something like this before. And I don't know about you, but to me, one of the most disturbing things about COVID-19 this crisis is this, is that someone can be a carrier and we don't even know it. And they don't even know it. I mean, I think we've heard report after report of somebody testing positive for this virus and not having any symptoms whatsoever. And I don't know about you, but that's a bit perplexing. In fact, here's something that I've been wrestling with over the course of the last, you know, couple of weeks is when I've had to go to the store or when I've been out in our neighborhood walking my dog and I see somebody coming up the sidewalk, you know, in the direction that I'm walking, the first thought that comes to my mind is, are they a carrier? Do they have it? 
When I've been in the store, I've had, you know, that same thought when I see somebody coming down an aisle. And whether I'm walking the dog or whether I'm in the aisle, I'm thinking to myself, should I cross the street? Should I go to another aisle? How many of you have had those same type of thoughts? Please tell me that I'm not alone in that type of thinking. It's weird to think that there could be people all around us who are carriers and they don't know it. Well, listen to me carefully. All of you who are tuning in right now to this message, I hope that you will embrace this truth right now today, that you are a carrier. I'm not talking about COVID-19 virus, but all of us are carriers of something. In fact, you might be a carrier right now of fear. And you're passing along fear to everyone that you've been interacting with. You see, although this virus is contagious, the fear about this virus is even more contagious than the virus itself. You can be a carrier of fear, or you can be a carrier of faith. You can be a carrier of panic, or you can be a carrier of peace. You are a carrier right now of something, and listen, you will continue to be for months on that, that come after this, for the rest of this year. because And I want you to hear me, okay? Here's the reality that I want us all to think about today. This virus, yes, it is going to pass. At some point, the cases are going to drop. At some point, the curve is going to level out. At some point, we're going to, you know, get back to work. At some point, we're going to get back to, you know, some sort of life as normal, although I think it's going to be different. However, the effects of this virus are going to have a far-reaching impact. It's going to have a far-reaching impact upon our economy. It's going to have a far-reaching impact upon our lives. I think this is going to be, in many, many ways, just like with 9-11, that the way we do life for a long time is going to be affected. So this is the question. What is going to be your attitude moving forward? You're a carrier. The question that I want you to consider today is what you are, is what you are carrying worth catching? You see, what you are carrying is just as contagious as the coronavirus. What are you carrying? will have a contagious effect on the people that you are interacting with. The people in your immediate circles will be impacted by your attitude, by your outlook, right, and, and right now, as well as moving forward from here. And here's a thought that I want to plant in your mind and plant in your heart today and moving forward in the months to come. And this is the thought. When the story of COVID-19 is just a story that we tell years from now, let's make sure that our story is a story worth telling. When the story of COVID-19 is just a story that we tell months from now, years from now, when we're looking back at this, let's make sure that our story, our personal story, is a story that is worth telling. 
And with that in mind, I wanted us today to, in this last message, in this living in unprecedented time series, I wanted us to turn here to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and zero in on verses 14 through 16 and consider the words of the Apostle Paul. You see, Paul's life had a contagious effect on the people that he came in contact with. And this verse, I think, tells us a little bit why. Verse 14. Paul writes, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph, or or victory, we could say, in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge, of who he is, in other words, in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Now here's what I want you to understand. Paul was living at a time when his world had its own virus. The virus that was happening in his world was called Caesar Nero. Nero was referred to as one of the most despicable characters on the stage of human history. In fact, his own Senate labeled him or declared him to be public enemy number one. His reign was marked by debauchery and cruelty. And it became in his reign... Very, very dangerous to be a follower of Jesus Christ. His reign was marked by fear, panic, and frustration. Those were the trademarks of his reign. But in that season of life, Paul declared about his life that it bore the fragrance of Christ in the midst of that madness. Look at verse 15 again. He says, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You could say that Paul's life had a contagious effect on others. That Paul's life had a contagious effect on the people that he came in contact with. And the question that I want us to consider today is why? Why? Why did Paul's life have this contagious effect of bringing forth and giving off the fragrance of Christ? And I want to answer that question by looking at three or four statements that Paul makes about his life, about his outlook, about his motivation, all found here in 2 Corinthians. And the first one that I want you to notice is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. This is what we could say is, was the motivation of Paul's life, and it was this, that he knew how greatly he was loved by Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, Paul says, it's the love of Christ that compels us. You see, when Paul made that statement, his emphasis was not on how much he loved Jesus, but it was on his understanding of how much Jesus loved him. You see, Paul knew in the midst of the madness going on in his world, he knew that he was greatly loved by Jesus. Now, I know some of you are thinking right now, well, of course he was loved by Jesus, Rob. He was the apostle Paul. The guy was a saint. Some of you might even be saying, you know, I've heard you say, Pastor Rob, that Paul was the greatest Christian who has ever lived. 
And you're thinking to yourself, well, that's not me. I'm nothing like the Apostle Paul. Well, not so fast. I want you to remember who Paul was before he became a follower of Jesus Christ. Before Paul was a Jesus follower, Paul was a Jesus hater. In fact, he set out on a mission to destroy what was called the way. That's what they called the Christians in that day, that they was the followers of the way. And Paul set out to single-handedly destroy this new work because he saw it as a threat to his his, his religion there in Judaism. But this is what's so awesome. When Paul was on a rampage to kill Christians and destroy followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus pursued Paul. Jesus in his love went after Paul. And Paul was won over by the love of Jesus Christ. Paul has an encounter. You can read about it in Acts chapter 9 where he has this encounter with Jesus after his, after his resurrection from the dead. And it's in that encounter that Paul has his eyes opened and he realized that everything that he thought about Jesus was wrong. That everything he thought about Jesus was actually the opposite of what was going on in his mind. And he came to realize that Jesus was God in human flesh who had come to this earth to be the the only Savior of mankind. And Paul realized that Jesus did not come for those who were healthy, but he came for those who were sick. That he didn't come for the righteous, and Paul thought he was righteous in his religion, but he came for sinners. People like him who were lost in their religion. People like you. People like me. People who have been broken. People who are in need. And Paul was was blown away that Jesus would be so kind to him. Even when he was so against Jesus. And it was the love of Jesus that moved his heart. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt that you weren't good enough spiritually? Have you ever felt like you failed God, that you let him down? Have you ever had times where you said to yourself, man, I can't believe I just did what I just did? Or, or have you had times where you thought, I can't just believe I, I said what I just said or thought what I just thought? And you feel guilty and you feel ashamed. Paul knew exactly what that was like. And here's what we need to understand, church. Jesus didn't come for perfect people. He came for those who are messed up. He came for those who don't have perfect faith. He came for those who have sinned and fallen short of God's standard and God's holiness. You see, he's not looking for perfect people, but he's looking for people who will put their trust in a perfect Savior. Knowing how deeply he was loved by Jesus was the motivation for everything that Paul did. It was the motivation for how he lived his life, even in the midst of very trying times. And wherever you're at right now, church, I want you to know this. I want you to grab a hold of this truth, is that Jesus loves you with all of his heart. And he is with you, and he is for you, and he just wants you to trust in him.
and to look to him. No matter where this crisis takes you and your family personally, listen, the love of Jesus Christ for you remains true. We were just singing. It's his perfect love that casts out all fear. And when we embrace that, when we realize that, it allows us to live with a sense of confidence and knowing that the Lord is with us, that the Lord loves us, that he is for us. That as the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, there is nothing, let me hear you say nothing, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Sickness can't separate you. A job loss can't separate you. An economic crisis in our world can't separate us. Listen, his love remains the same. And we need to rest in that. We need to find our confidence in that today. Paul, he went through some extreme hardship. He was put in jail several times. He was beaten with rods and stoned to death. I mean, he went through a whole bunch of hardship, but in the midst of it all, he never ever lost sight of the reality that Jesus loved him and died on the cross to save him. And his life had a contagious effect upon others because he could rest in Jesus' love for him. So that's the first reason why Paul's life had a contagious effect upon those who were around him, that it gave off the fragrance of Christ is because Paul was resting in, he was assured of the love that Jesus had for him. The second reason that Paul was a carrier of the fragrance of Christ is he was anchored to the sufficiency of Jesus. This time our, our passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 3. If you want to turn there real quick, verses 4 through 6, Paul writes this, and we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the Spirit, for the, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Actually, I, I missed a point. He made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the, the, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. That word sufficient, it means more than enough. So here's what that means. No matter what life throws at me, whatever life throws at you, we can make it because Jesus is more than enough. You know, there's a lot of prayer right now being offered that God would just eradicate this virus from our world. And I'm all for that. I am praying in that way as well. I think we should pray that, that God would just have mercy on us, that he would just move and work and move this virus out. It would be amazing, as some have said, if God just you know, put his hand over the world and we were able to all gather on Easter Sunday together. That would be incredible. But I ask you this question. What if it continues to linger? What then? What if it lasts another month or two or three? Well, I'm reminded of another thing that Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It was about a time in his life when he had, he called it a thorn in the flesh. 
It was a great affliction in his life, and he prayed to Jesus that that Jesus would take it away. God, please remove this. And Jesus actually came to Paul and said, Paul, no, I'm not going to take it away. This is going to be with you the rest of your life. But in the midst of that struggle, this ongoing struggle that you're going to find yourself in, Paul, this is what you're going to discover. You're going to discover that my grace is sufficient for you. It's more than enough. And that my power is made perfect in your weakness. That you're going to discover, Paul, that when you're weak, that's when I am strong. When you're weak, that's when when my strength is going to be the most magnified in your life. Now, church, listen to me. This virus is going to pass. But no matter what the ramifications are for all of us, we can rest in this reality that his grace is sufficient for us. And the presence and power of Jesus is going to see us through. That's why in that prayer, uh, we pray 247.com, I love that the focus of, of it is, is that we're praying for the presence of God to just invade our world and invade our homes and invade our cities and invade our lives. Hey, when this is all said and done, our lives might look different but it's going to be this opportunity for us to shine for the Lord. When people all around us are freaking out and frustrated, when life doesn't go back to normal, you and I can be putting forth the fragrance of Christ in our communities because we have come to understand that life is not about our stuff. It's not about our comfort. It's not about our activities. Life starts and ends when we're in this living relationship with the God who loves us and made us. The Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence, we find peace. In his presence, we we find joy. Church, can I encourage you in the midst of this storm and the subsequent storms that are going to follow to allow your life to be anchored today in the person of Jesus Christ? You know, Paul wrote these words to the believers in Thessalonica. And the believers there were encountering a situation that that, that was similar to ours today. They, They were being persecuted and facing all types of significant trials, including job loss, property being seized. And it was a time when it would have been very easy for them to, their hearts to be filled with great fear. And this is what Paul said about them in writing to them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Paul said, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. And as we pray to God and our Father about you, he said, these are the three things that we're thinking about, the three things that we're focused on. He says, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your enduring hope. Isn't that amazing? This church going through great difficulty, much like what we're going through right now. Paul says, when we think about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your enduring hope. Why did they have? Why were their lives marked by faith, love, and hope? 
They had faith, love, and hope, the passage tells us. Notice that at the very end of it, because of the Lord Jesus. It's because their lives were anchored in the sufficiency of Christ. It wasn't because of what was going on in their world, but because of the one who was the Lord over their world. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the three marks of a contagious Christian are faithful work, loving deeds, and an enduring hope. And those are the marks of someone who knows that they are radically loved by Jesus. And that is the mark of someone whose life is anchored in the sufficiency of Christ. Listen, church, you are a carrier. But here's the question. Is what you are carrying worth catching? The third reason... Paul was a carrier of the fragrance of Christ is because he kept a eternal perspective. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Paul says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now some of you right now are thinking, hey Rob, this does not feel like light affliction. Well, this is the whole point of the passage. It's light in comparison to how weighty How amazing the glory that we are going to experience with the Lord in eternity is going to be. And the Bible often uses this terminology for followers of Jesus. It calls us pilgrims and sojourners. It calls us to understand and realize that we are a people who have been made for another world. That we are pilgrims here. That we're just passing through here. And I think one of the things that the Lord is wanting to do right now is to remind us all of this truth that this life is not the end all. You know, I mentioned last week that this virus has literally torn down all of our idols. Our focus on comfort and entertainment and our tendency to live for the here and now. And so many things that become these distractions in our lives. I think the Lord is reminding us to live with eternity in view. And Paul could live with it with such a a freedom in life because he realized that all the stuff around him, it was just temporary. He says that which is seen is temporary, but that which is not seen, that's eternal. That's what's going to last. Friends, church, eternity is what matters. And I pray that during this time and the months to come, that that reality, that eternity is what matters, would be ingrained in us. This life is short in comparison to what eternity is going to be like. Stuff is temporal. It's not going to last. We can't take it with us, but you know what's eternal? People. Souls. The people all around us. And I think, you know, it's been said that crisis brings clarity. And I think right now the Lord is wanting to bring some clarity in the midst of this crisis to wake us up to what really matters. And Paul was a carrier of the fragrance of Christ because he knew what really mattered. It was people. 
And so he lived with eternity in view, and he knew that people, not stuff, is what matters in eternity. It's people that, not stuff, that is going to continue on throughout eternity. And this brings us to the fourth reason why Paul was a carrier of the fragrance of Christ. And we'll end with this, is that he lived with a singleness of purpose. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, again, verse 5, he says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Listen, this virus has put the whole world on, equal, on an equal plane. Rich and poor, doesn't matter the race, doesn't matter the country. This virus has put us all on an equal plane, that all of us are at risk. But you know, there's another virus that has done the same thing. That's the sin virus. And it has affected us all, and it has rendered to every single human being a universal death sentence. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The word sin means to miss the mark. It was used in the idea of an archer shooting at a bullseye. And if he didn't hit the bullseye, they called it a sin. And God set forth a, a bullseye, his Ten Commandments. He set forth a bullseye of perfection. And we've all missed it. We've all missed the mark. And all of humanity has been infected. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And the death it's speaking of is being eternally separated from God. The wages of sin is death, but the Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, the world right now is looking for a cure for COVID-19. Jesus came to be the cure for the sin virus. And he allowed himself to be infected. And he, the Bible says he literally became sin for us. That he went to the cross, and on the cross, he died in our place so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could be saved, so that we could be set free. And Paul understood that what mattered most was souls. What mattered most was people. And so his purpose was, was talking and just sharing to everybody that he possibly could the hope that could be found in Jesus. Imagine, if you will, when there's a treatment that is discovered for COVID-19. Imagine what that's going to be like. When, when, when it comes out that there's a, a vaccine, that there's now a, a treatment, do, do you think that the, the news of that is, is going to spread? You think it's going to be a, a whisper like, hey, did you hear? No, it's going to spread like wildfire. They're going to shout it from the, the mountaintops. They're going to shout it from the rooftops. It's going to be you know, the, the leading story on every single news agency all over the world. There's a cure. Because good news is contagious. In church, we have great news to share. And this isn't just good news that cures sickness, but it's good news that cures spiritual sickness. That there is good news that the greatest virus that the world has ever known has been cured. That there is a remedy because Jesus went to the cross. 
And he died in our place. And three days later, he rose again from the dead, proving that he was who he said he was. And I believe with all of my heart that this is a wake-up call for the church to stand strong and to stand united and to be bold in what we know that there is good news that Jesus Christ can change lives. You see, my hope today is in my Savior. My hope is not in our government. Although I love our country, I love our government, and I pray for President Trump and Vice President Pence, and I pray for all of our our leaders. But my hope is not in our government. My hope is not in doctors. Although I love those in the medical profession, I was so blown away this week by hearing of, of all these doctors in New York and nurses in New York who have been retired that are coming out of retirement. And they're actually at the age, many of them, where they're at risk, but they're coming into the hospitals. I love that about our country. I pray for our doctors. I pray for their their protection. But my hope isn't in the doctors. My hope isn't in the scientists and researchers who are looking for a cure. My hope is not in spiritual leaders of our nation and, and our world. My hope is in the one who spoke all things into being. My hope is in the one who is all-knowing and all-powerful and ever-present. The one who heals blind eyes and opens deaf ears and has the power to raise the dead, who beat death so that death wouldn't have to beat us. And I'm praying that men and women all over the world would turn their hearts to him. I'm praying that right now in the midst of this crisis that God would pour out his spirit and we would see all across the world, that revival that we've been praying for and longing for, like a revival that this world has never, ever seen before. Wouldn't that be amazing before the Lord comes? That he would just pour out his spirit one more time to bring together a harvest, to wake Christians up. So as we close today, I leave you with this. You are a carrier. But is what you are carrying, is it worth catching? You see, fear is contagious, but so is faith. Hate is contagious, but so is love. Worry and anxiety is contagious, but so is hope. And the three marks of a contagious follower of Christ is faithful work, loving deeds, and an enduring hope. What are you? You're a carrier. You can be, friends, a faith spreader. You can be a love giver. You can be, as my friend Ben Corson often says, you can be, and he jumps when he says it, you can be a hope dealer. Every single one of us. And that happens when we realize that we are radically loved by Jesus. That we are anchored in, when we are anchored in the sufficiency, that in Jesus, he's more than enough. When we are living with eternity in view, and our focus isn't on the temporal, but the eternal. And when we live with that singleness of purpose. And our purpose is to let everybody in our sphere of influence know, hey, there is hope in the one who beat death. Now, I want you to look at our text again one more time. Verse 15. 
Because we see a response in this. Paul says, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. What's Paul saying? He's saying this. Some will receive the message. Some will be drawn to the contagious effect that your life is having upon them. They're going to be drawn to the fact that you have a hope and you have a peace. And they're going to be drawn to that, those faithful works and those loving deeds and that, that enduring hope that your life is emanating as you find yourself anchored into the sufficiency of Jesus. Some will, but some won't. But that's not up to us. What's up to us is to trust him, to lean into him, to shine for him. To find ourselves resting today in the reality that Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And he proved that when he died on the cross for my sins. That becomes my reality when I find myself okay, anchored in the reality. Okay, Jesus, I'm believing that your grace is sufficient. That you are more than enough. That Jesus, I'm reminded and I'm holding on to today the reality that this world is not my home. All the stuff I'm concerned about, it's all going to burn. But what really matters is the people that you've put in my path. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you today. And we know it's because you first loved us. And so we come to you today and we bring our hearts before you. And we admit, God, our frailty. We admit, God, our weakness. We admit, God, that there are times when we can find ourselves struggling. There's times when we can find ourselves getting worked up as to where this is leading. And I pray today, God, that our hearts would be drawn to a place of resting in the reality that you love us. And there's nothing that this life will throw at us that will ever separate us from your love. And God, I pray that we would find ourselves in that place of, of really truly believing that you are more than enough. And if this, this pandemic brings us to a place where things get stripped away from us, Lord, that we would find our contentment. Just like Paul said, I've learned to be content with much or with little. Because we would find, Lord, that you are more than enough. That you satisfy the longing heart. God, I pray that each one of us would have a new sense of, of just renewed in our hearts that eternity is what really matters. And Lord, may we spread the hope. May we be those hope dealers, those faith spreaders, those, those, those love spreaders to those that we come in contact with. And Lord, I pray right now for anybody who's watching this, who knows that they're not in a right place with you that their trust has been in something else, or they've never asked you to really be their Lord and Savior, that right now in this moment that they would ask you 
to forgive them of their sins. That they right now would just cry out to you. You say, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. And as, as if you're just watching right now and that's you, I just want to encourage you to just say to Jesus, save me. Jesus, I, I want you to forgive me. I want you to cleanse me. I want to have my life anchored in you. Just tell him that right now. He's listening. He's there. He's going to uphold you. He's going to meet you. He's going to fill your heart today with a sense of peace. Because in his presence, his perfect love, cast out fear. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Just tell him right now, Jesus, I need you. I need you more than anything else. And allow him to meet you right now in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed with us today, if you prayed with me today, I want to encourage you right now, send us a, a little email. You can send it to info at calvaryvista.com. Info at calvaryvista.com. And just say, hey, I prayed with Pastor Rob today. If you're watching on Facebook right now, you can just let us know in the little chat section there. Hey, I prayed with Pastor Rob today. We want, to be, we want to encourage you. We want to reach out to you. If you're you know, watching in another format and you, you want to just right now, you can text us at this number, 619-337-4835. You can text us that number and just say, hey, I prayed with Pastor Rob today. And we want to just encourage you. We want to reach out to you. Church, the Lord loves you. We're going to make it through this. We're going to come out the other side. Always in one of the things I love about the storms we see in the Bible, it says, and it came to pass. And this one is going to come to pass. But man, my hope and my prayer is that when, as I said before, the story of COVID-19 is just a story that we tell, that as it relates to your life and my life, that we will have a story that's worth telling. Let's go ahead and close this morning with a song and just lifting our hearts up to the Lord. And remember this week, hey, you are a carrier.